Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. We have ignition. Strap in. situation at least but i enjoy the live so thanks again for joining us uh, tonight i mean there's a lot going on in sports since we've been here a lot has happened the auburn tigers college uh spring game happened last week florida state we'll talk about that tonight march madness happened congratulations north carolina the nba playoffs are coming up tomorrow or saturday two days from now We'll talk about a little MVP. Just a lot to talk about going on. We may even talk a little war. Who knows? We'll drop the bomb on me, Donald Trump. Who knows what we'll talk about tonight. But it's just, um, I just wanted to get back in touch with everyone and just say hello and, and see what's on everyone's mind. But it doesn't matter what time of year it is. I know what's on people's minds that listen to my show. They want to know about college football. They want to know about NFL. And, you know, we'll talk NBA playoffs, of course, now that it's playoff time, and we'll talk MVP. And Jonathan is with us, the fine co-host. Jonathan, how's everything going, buddy? Welcome home. (laughs) Hey, buddy. It's, uh, oh, you know, today has been what I would consider um, an excellent day. Um, How's your day going? Good. Tell me more about the excellent day. I haven't heard that in a long time. I need an excellent day. <laughs> well, um, for those who don't know, I'm a sophomore at a, a state college in Florida, and yeah, I've been putting out my feelers to uh, other universities around and about and other places, and uh, I got word back from um, one of the ones that's high on my list that I've been accepted and um tonight after the program I'll be putting out a list of uh the the top schools that I'm looking at right now and then somewhere around May eleventh I'm actually going to announce which uh university I will attend for uh next two to three years of my life. Good. Is it having is it is it Florida State? You know, they, they they might have reached out to me and said yes or no or yes. Okay, all right. Well, we'll wait to we'll wait to hear. But uh, glad you could make it back tonight on the show. It's been a two or three weeks since we've been on. It seems like forever. It just seems like a lot has taken place. It's been so crazy at work. Um, 
with everything that's been going on, the baby and the, and all that, it's like I've been dying to do a radio show, and then Sunday night will come and something will happen, and you know how it goes. You, you, you've been in contact with me, so you know how these days end up sometimes. But do you hear me okay? Does everything sound good? Yeah, you sound perfect. All right, good, 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 good. Well, you know, we haven't talked since North Carolina beat Gonzaga. That was a great tournament, Jonathan. We won't talk a lot about it since it's in the past, but I really enjoyed that tournament. I lost my bracket, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> great Final Four. I mean, it was a great game. I mean, just a great tournament. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess being as well-rounded of a sports fan as you can get, you know, you know how I like my hockey and soccer, which are not what I would consider traditional Southern sports. <laughs> but uh, sure. you know, March Madness, easily worldwide, probably the um, second or third best tournament that there is. Uh, I think the World Cups and soccer is number one. I think uh, hockey in the Winter Olympics is probably number three. I mean, Mar- you know, March Madness is something that, you know, even if you don't like basketball, you tune in. And, you know, to to see it come and go, and it, it it really feels like it was only, you know, two weeks. And to think that they played 68 games is just, it's unreal. It really is. Um, you know, obviously disappointed in my team's lackluster showing. But, um, you know, next year's a new year. Everybody's, uh, everybody's 0-0. Everybody has a, a contender now. Well, at least you made it. You know, that's, that's saying a lot of- more than other teams, but, you know, there's been something talked about with the NCAA tournament, the NBA, the ratings are down probably 40% for the NBA. Ratings were through the roof for the NCAA tournament. Do you think these divas sitting out have really impacted the the ratings? And I, I I don't think that's exactly it, but what do you think about these games? And I heard Colin Coward talking about it. The games are blowouts now in the NBA compared to the years past because of the three-point shot. A lot of teams are just excellent at shooting threes. In some games, the first half, you may have a 30-point lead on some of these teams. What do you think the the reason is mainly for the the drop in viewership for the NBA? It's been substantial. Um, Well, I I agree. I do think that – um, I think more than we have seen in previous years, team uh, players have well, teams have been resting star players on nationally televised games, and I think that's an issue. Uh, not for nothing, but you know, you know, Tyron Lue should know better than to sit LeBron uh, and Kyrie and Love when they're getting ready to play uh, a nationally televised game against San Antonio. Or and you know I know they didn't rest that night, but they might as well have, um, you know. Or you know, do you think it's rest. Um, I do. I I think I think a lot of it comes down to coaching because you look at LeBron this year and he's played more minutes than, in all honesty, he should have. Um, you you look at him, he's putting up what thirty six, thirty eight minutes a night. LeBron James has no business playing three three plus quarters of basketball during the regular season. Unless you need him on a given night, LeBron should be playing 30 minutes. you got to save his legs. Think about it. He's been to six straight finals. I mean, he's had the shortest offseason of any other player in the league. Uh, so you need to try and conserve his legs as much as you can. And playing him 36-plus minutes is, is foolish. 
Uh, and, you know, these rest games are trying to make up for that. But that's kind of like, well, I'm going to get four hours of sleep the next three nights. But, you know, that fourth night, I'm going to get nine good hours. Well, that doesn't make up for the fact that you lost, like, nine hours the time before. Yeah. Like, that's not how we – that's not how, not, you know, this works. But, but why is it the nationally televised games against the best teams? Why would the coach pull him out? I think – if I don't think Lou – calls the shots really for this team. I think if LeBron is trying to make a statement, I think he's trying to to get back at somebody for something, but I just don't think he runs that team. I don't think these coaches run the team. I think these players do. And they're good guys, you know. It's not like they're <clears throat> they're thugs or getting in trouble all the time. The NBA's got a bunch of clean guys in it. It's a it's a good league, but it's just like, you know, they've lost control of Who's who's running the the management doesn't run it anymore. The players do, and you should never sit out a game consistently for the televised games. And I get it, mm-hmm. you know they need to cut back the games. But I'm just worried that that kids these days are looking at these guys as role models, Jonathan, and they're going to say, okay, we're going to call the shots. And when they get older in life, whether sports or work, they're gonna, they're going to be in for a culture shock if things don't go their way. But I'm just I'm disappointed in the NBA players. They're a bunch of divas, man. Oh, I I, I think that's I, – I do think that there is a, an issue with NBA players as far as ego goes. Um, and a lot of them would fight you tooth and nail on it. And then, you know, when they hit like 45, realize, God, I really was a pompous, you know, so I'm done. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I think, though, that the players aren't choosing to sit against the other really good players. I, I think, I, you know, there's, there, that's, LeBron playing Kawhi and beating on Kawhi, you know, if he beats up on Kawhi and one-ups him that night, that boosts his ego. He wants, you know, as much as he hates playing Kawhi because he's so good defensively and he's such a pest, he wants to play Kawhi. I, I think um, the bigger issue is these guys try to play as many games as they can, and, of course, they want to play some of the lesser teams so they can pimp their stats. Don't think Golden State guys don't think that. Um, especially <laughs> guys who are in contract years. But at the same time, I think what happens is these guys just caught up, and they get caught up playing and playing and playing and playing, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, oops. And then the NBA has this wonderful thing with scheduling where they'll put the, the best game of a team's road trip in the back end. So it's their fourth game in five nights. Um, all on the road, and now it's Golden State at San Antonio. And you're like, well, wait wait a minute. <laughs> that should have been the first game of the road trip, maybe the second, not the fourth, because you know the fourth game they're going to try – they're going to sit everybody because the guys played the first three games. And I would love for the NBA to have less games. I think that makes more sense, and not only in the NBA, but also in the NHL um, and maybe even Major League Baseball. Um but the problem is for you to play less regular season games, you either have to increase the number of playoff teams, which I don't think they're going to do, um, or players are going to have to take less money, which there ain't no way they're going to do that. You know, so, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to pay somebody the same amount to do less work. You know that. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't pay somebody $100 million and then all of a sudden pay them 60 They can't – I mean, even though it's plenty of money, they can't mentally get over that hurdle. It's like, uh-uh. They're not touching money, Jonathan. You're right. They're not but, – but, but the reduction in games, you think about it, what's the most exciting 
sport when it comes to regular season there is? Number one, what do you think? College football, mm. you, you took too long. Yep. Number two is what, then? Either one or two, Jonathan. I mean, what, what, are, what are the top two regular seasons to watch? Uh, I mean, college football and the NFL. Yep, and you know why? Why is that? I mean, I mean, we love football, but do you think it's because every game really means a lot? I mean, the NFL not as much as college, but college every week. If you if you lose a game, you're possibly out of the playoffs. If you lose two games, you need some help to get into the playoffs. So if you lose three, it's over. So in the NFL, you have to you have to come in every game, just like college, but. Is, is that the reason you think, or am I off a little bit? I think that – I mean, I love the sport. I love watching football more than anything. But if mm-hmm. basketball only had 50 games, how much more exciting would it be? Oh, no, I think you're 100% right. Uh, if you remember the strike the strike shortened season, um, the NBA and the NHL, I think, did it at the same time. What was that 2012, 2011, where they played, like, 48 games? A – what an amazing season that was for both leagues. Absolutely amazing. B, it was so well every night. Why? Because now there's only 24 opportunities instead of 41 to go to a home game. It's the college football. What do you have? Five to seven home six, games a year? Six. Yeah, you're right. right. Five to seven. <laughs> yeah, so you have five to seven home games a year. People show up. That's why they can have such large stadiums because it's, in a, in a year, the most chances you have to go to a game are seven. But, you know, not everybody can go to all seven games. Most people can't go really to more than two. So you got to figure out how you're going to get to that one game, right, and how much it's going to cost. The NFL is the same way. Whereas basketball, oh, well, I'm not going to go Tuesday night. Maybe I'll go Wednesday night. <laughs> That's why their stadiums are only 20,000 feet. People think that the stadiums are that small for hockey and basketball. Is because it's inside, and you know, oh well, you know, the the small basketball. Hey, football ain't that big, y'all. It ain't. All right, let's not play them games. <laughs> you think sitting in the upper deck of an NFL stadium is a good place to watch a football game? You high, okay? Maybe a hockey game in all reality because you can't follow the puck half the time. You're just watching players. But the reason is is because they play so many games. People are going to show up night in, night out. You're not going to have forty, fifty thousand people night in, night out showing up. And that, that, that's the yeah, fact and you, The Braves, you know, Jonathan, the mm-hmm. Braves, I mean, I can go. But the good thing about baseball is, you know, during the summer it's boring, right? So right, or right now, anytime you want to go to a baseball game, you could go. It's not like you have to wait several weeks for your team to, to do something. You go to the Braves tomorrow night, and then you can do it Saturday or Sunday or maybe the next Wednesday. I mean, that's a good thing about baseball, and that's a bad thing about baseball. It's mm-hmm. – uh, but college football, you're right. I mean, you have seven home games this day, maybe, or you have six in a neutral, and then you have to you have to pick. I want two games to go to. Am I going to go to Auburn or Alabama, Georgia? Am I going to go to Am I going to go to Mississippi State, Alabama? You know, it's all these choices. But at the end of the day, it's not just about that. It's about what's at stake every game. If if you could watch March Madness. Mm-hmm. If you could watch if you could watch the whole entire season of college basketball, Jonathan, and it had the intensity of a elimination game, would you watch the regular season of college basketball more? 
Yeah. Yeah, I would too. But I know Auburn could lose 12 games in conference and win that little tournament and win four straight and make the tournament. So, I mean, it's not right. that exciting, really. No, you're, you're, just, I, I think you're 100% right. I think you're 100% right. You know, because here's the thing. Does a baseball game in April matter? Well, yes and no. It matters because <laughs> at the end of the year, we tally up how you did by wins and losses, and that game in April will end in a win or a loss, right? But it doesn't matter no. because it's in April. And you don't know what the team's going to be in September. You don't know if the game's truly going to matter in the long run of the of the division standings. So you want to actually get a feel for the team before you decide to invest anything in it. Now, people always show up for opening day, but you'll notice one of the lower attended games um, as far as, you know, season goes is that first game of the second homestand. Because everybody's like, all right, well, opening weekend's out of the way. Let's watch and see what this team does before I, I flush any more money down the toilet here. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I like the way you said all games matter because they do, and especially at the end of the season, if you're trailing somebody by half a game, that, that game in April is pretty big, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? You know how many divisions are decided yeah. by – less than, you know, let's say five games, and, of course, somebody went, you know, 10 and 15 in April. And it's like, man, you know, if we just cracked 500 in April and 500 in May, we would have won the division. Oh, the game matter now, don't it? Hey, I was looking at ticket prices for the Braves game tomorrow night. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is stupid. Like, close to the dugout, it's about 250 350 bucks. Really? For the Padres? Are you kidding me? I mean, I know it's a new stadium and all, but really? I mean, it's what they're going to do. Are they going to have strippers uh, coming out every inning, giving lap dances? I mean, what in the world's going on here in Atlanta? But, yeah, the Braves are opening up their stadium. Just wanted to hit that. I mean, the Braves suck. So, at least one oh, good thing about nice. them is they, they have a new stadium. But they're young. They're building. And baseball is not something you can – and, and you 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 bring this to everybody's attention every year. It's not it's not something you can just flip on and off real quick. It's not like basketball, Jonathan, where Kentucky can have a great recruiting class of basketball, and all of a sudden play the national championship. Baseball is not like that, is it? You have to build a team like the Cardinals, like teams like that. But you have to build it really. And I think the Braves are doing a good job in building a team as long as they don't trade away all their best talent, you know, as soon as it gets good right in the peak, they usually get rid of these people. And I'm like, no, that's not the way to do it. But they're two and six right now. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're only three and a half out of first. That's not too bad, is it? In April, two mm-hmm. and six. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's always that, that conversation that people have, you know, we, we like to call it overreaction um, April where Cincinnati starts out nine and two. I am more than willing to put money down at Cincinnati to make the playoffs. Let me let me just put that out there. Um, hats off to them for starting nine and two, but uh, you beat who like Philly and anybody else? You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I look at the Braves, and I'm I'm going to do this just for you, okay? So uh, let me let me go ahead and grab the Braves really quick, and we're 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 going to talk through something. Now, the Braves have a lot of young pitchers in their minor league. 
There's no doubt about that. I think there's some very, very talented guys that actually pitched last year. But the Braves have decided that they're going to slow roll it a little bit as far as uh, the roster goes. No need to burn the guys' contracts years or anything of that nature, right? So you have R.A. Dickey, Bartolo Colon, who are 43 and 44, respectively. Bartolo will be 44. Bartolo is about 65, I think. Yeah, and somehow he still pitches efficiently. Um, Josh Colmenter, somebody who's thrown away. Jaime Garcia got ran out of St. Louis. Jim Johnson got ran out of Baltimore. So, I mean, if you look at this team, there there are some good young guys. Viscano, Tehran, uh, I, Jason Hurst, uh, Fulte Nowitz. There's four good young pitchers there, right? And then you have, like, 30 yeah. more of them in AA and AAA. Like, Atlanta, what they did was they've decided, we'll pick up older assets, and then we're going to trade them. We're going to sell them off, okay? So they, they, they would pick up a guy um, – you know, usually a, a bullpen guy, uh, like a Jason Grilly. And then you move Grilly, okay, because, A, you don't need a closer if you're not making the playoffs, right? What's the point? You might as well put some rookie in there and let them learn on the job. But, B, you're getting another young guy. When they sold Craig Kimbrell, I know a lot of Atlanta Braves fans were upset because he was the closer in baseball. But without training Craig Kimbrell, they wouldn't have made the, the staff that they did. And baseball kids, even college kids, will progress a little faster offensively. Pitching-wise, it's still going to take two to three years. It always does. This, like you said, it's not a quick turnaround. You know, in the NFL, the guys have an immediate impact. NBA, guys, for the most part, have an immediate impact. Um, I mean, hell, in the NBA, if you're taken outside of the top 14, uh, odds are you're not going to make the team. Um College basketball, you know, it's guys like Kentucky, immediate impact. College football, you're starting to see guys make immediate impact. Major League Baseball is the only sport where a guy has to go through four to six different levels of minor leagues just to get to the major league. There's no such thing as an immediate impact guy. So I mean, these guys do not make the majors until they're 23, 24, 25, and a, baseball's prime, a baseball player's prime is usually between, let's say, 27 to 32. So you don't deal with a lot of young guys. Freddie Freeman is the face of the Atlanta Braves. He's an excellent ball player, and he's going to hang around a little while, mostly because you can't trade that contract. Uh, Julio Tehran is your best starting pitcher. He's another young guy. He's thrown a lot of innings. At some point, they've been trying to trade him, but nobody's offering what they want. At some point, they will trade him. But you got 16 more guys like Julio Tehran in AAA and AA. So Atlanta Braves fans need to be patient because you have Dansby Swanson starting at, what, second base. That kid was a first-round pick last year. <laughs> you have about two or three outfielders sitting in the pipeline. You got another – or Dansby's playing short, right? So you got, you got Ozzie who's going to play second ready ready for you. Austin yeah. Riley will be up in a couple years. Um, anybody else I'm missing? I think that's it. Like, you know, the Braves, I mean, there's a lot are. going on. But, but I, I just wonder if uh, – I saw Bobby Cox in the – did I tell you I saw Bobby Cox in the Pet Smart the other he, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I saw Bobby him and talked to him. I wish he was still a Braves coach. But, but I think the Braves, within the next four years, Jonathan, they're going to be 
I mean, if they keep it together and they don't trade away everybody, they've got a chance to have something special here. And and I think mm-hmm. that's what they're waiting on. They built this new stadium, and they're wanting to be dominant again. And they know they can't go out there and sign all these 27-year-old guys in the prime. That's funny. In football, when you're 27, you're about done as a skill position player outside yep. of quarterback. But in baseball, you're hitting your prime at 27. And I think it's too – it's not as much of a physical game. It's more of a maturity game baseball is. You can't just be some punk out there. You have to really think in baseball. You have to. It's a chess match. It's not like football where everything's reaction. You have to think about so many things in baseball. And being playing baseball like I have, you have, you played all sports, you know that baseball is the most mental game out of all of them. And sometimes it's boring. So the concentration level of baseball, you have to sit out there and stay focused. Um, in the field, you can't make an error when you're hitting. I mean, these guys, everybody throws 95, Jonathan, everybody. I mean, there's not a pitcher in baseball that probably can't throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. But um, I'm excited to see what the Braves can do. I don't talk baseball much because people don't want to hear it. But it is something fun to watch. I'm going to go to a Braves game in the next few weeks. But I just want it to, before it gets 250 degrees here in Iraq. Right. Uh, well, yeah, I'm gonna go, but man, let's let's talk real quick. I want to jump back to the mm-hmm. NBA. Mm-hmm. Who's the MVP in your mind? I think Russell Westbrook is. I think to me, this guy, everybody is tearing him down. Like, well, it's not a big deal. Triple doubles. Colin Coward was saying it's not a big deal for guards to get rebounds anymore. Really? I mean, all of a sudden, it's not important. Triple doubles don't mean anything now, Jonathan. To Colin Coward. But to me, Russell Westbrook's the most exciting player in basketball. He deserves mm-hmm. that MVP award. What do you think? What do you think? I, I agree. There's been this great argument, great in the sense that it's large, not in that it's actually valid, that James Harden <laughs> or LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard to be MVP. Most people stump for James Harden. You'll hear some for LeBron and Kawhi. And look, LeBron James is – the best basketball player on the planet. There's no doubt about that. Just if you include the skills with the fit with the physical talent. Um, but looking at this season, who not only has been the most valuable player to his team, but also has put up unworldly statistics and set a record. And triple doubles don't matter. Yeah, then how come for the past 30 years all anybody wanted to talk about is, will anybody ever average a triple-double over a season just like Oscar Robertson? That'd be cool. And now, well, triple-doubles don't matter. Really? Then how come when somebody gets a triple-double, they get the top highlight on SportsCenter and NBA TV and Fox Sports? Because they're not important, right? Because nobody cares, right? Come on. You know why people like triple-doubles? A, of course, everybody loves seeing uh, triple, you know, double digits in all three categories. Yeah, that means that you did something not once, but you did it good. You did something good that's important to your team multiple times. Okay, that's why the arbitrary number is ten. Because once you hit ten, it's no longer small sample size. At that point in the game, you're like, okay, well, he's legitimately doing something uh, that's positive. You're affecting all aspects of the game. Okay, that's how you determine the importance of a player is how impactful is he to a whole game. Look, if James Harden wasn't on Houston, would Houston be a playoff team? Probably not, okay? But I don't think they'd be a contender for one of the worst teams in the league. If LeBron James wasn't on Cleveland, are they a playoff team? 
Yeah, I think Kyrie yeah. Irving and Kevin Love can make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah if if right. Kawhi sorry, Leonard is not on San Antonio, a San Antonio playoff team, yeah, Popovich, they'll probably have the second-best record in the league somehow, just like they do right now, because Popovich finds a way to do things. Okay. If Russell Westbrook is not an OKC, do they win more than 30 games? No. no. I mean, people want to talk about, well, they've only won 45 games compared to how many they would have lost if he hadn't been on this team. Like, we forget Kevin Durant left. Did we just forget that the, one of the be- five best players in the NBA left this team and they're back in the playoffs with 45-plus wins? We knew Russell was going to do yeah. this before the season. And that's what's bothering people more than anything, is they knew Russell was going to do it. And they're like, well, you know, it's, there's no way he can do it. But if anybody's going to try, it's Russell. And he did it. And they're upset that he proved them wrong. Well, I'll tell you this. And let's, just, let's, let's take Westbrook away from Oklahoma City and let's put Durant back in Oklahoma City. I don't think they're a playoff team. Mm. I don't. There is no way Durant can distribute and play all facets of the game like Westbrook. And and not only that, Jonathan, the energy level that this guy plays with every night. You'll see Westbrook sitting out every other night like these other divas. He goes out there to play and and I'll be honest with you, I would pay mm. good money, hard-earned money to go watch him play. If he was in oh, Atlanta yeah. right now to come play, I would go watch him. If LeBron's in town, who cares? I mean, really, I'm sick of LeBron James. I'm sick of his attitude. Is he the best player in the world? Yes. I mean, it's, it's it, he is. But now, where before LeBron was more humble, now he's starting to be more of a, a candy ass, um, oh, more of a, a diva. But yeah, I'm going to tell you this, though. If Golden State gets a chance to play mm-hmm. Cleveland this year, Golden State's going to sweep them. You mark my words on that. I mean, I, I don't LeBron disagree. James got he got lucky last year. They did. And Golden State had some problems. That, that suspension right there, and right there in, what was it, game five, the suspension for the big man yep. right there killed them. They yep. turned the momentum of the entire series. Yep. Without that suspension, LeBron would just be – but I'm just tired of hearing him compared to Jordan. Jordan, he will never be. You know, Jordan never had cramps and had to lay over on the sidelines crying with his uh, thumb in his mouth sucking on it. Um, you know, I just – I'm just tired of hearing people say it, like comparing him to Jordan. But I think Oklahoma City-Houston is probably the best series the playoffs will have, Jonathan. I don't care which, how far in the rounds you go. You watch Oklahoma City-Houston, that's going to be fun. That's going to be high scoring. You've got two potential MVPs right there going at it. Harden, they're saying MVP. I can't stand the guy. I cannot stand Harden. And especially when they ask Harden about it, he's like, yeah, I should be MVP. I should be MVP. I I actually care about winning. Well, you don't think Westbrook cares about winning, moron? I mean, really? You don't think Westbrook cares about winning? So, I think Oklahoma City is gonna it's gonna go is it five or seven games in the first round? It's seven, isn't it? Uh yeah, it is seven. I think it's going seven and I think OKC pulls it out. Westbrook, when is the MVP when is it gonna be out? Is it during the playoffs or is it during the first round of the playoffs? No, they um they changed it. It they now release it um after the playoffs, right before the draft. Oh, well, I mean, so if Harden beats – and you can't really 
if if Harden and Houston beat OKC, I, I don't think that means Harden's the MVP because I mean they're a three seed. They've got the better mm-hmm. overall team, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I just don't think I think it's a it's a regular season award, right? So why don't they vote yeah, for it vote, in the regular season right after it's over? Voting's done tomorrow. Okay. You can't okay. vote past tomorrow. They're just waiting to announce it because they're having a special NBA awards show, and they think that that's oh, I don't God. know. They're trying to copy the NFL, and I've never watched the NFL one, so. Yeah, and and I'm going to tell you this, and I know I know Cleveland beat up on Boston the other night, but I think in a seven game series, Boston at home having the home court advantage, I think they make a beat Cleveland. I think, you know, if we see Boston-Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think that's going to be a great series. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but I look at overall the season in general. You look at one game, Cleveland went to Boston and won. Really, who cares? One game. But Boston, over this season, they've been better, Jonathan. They've been better than Cleveland, more consistent. I don't think that's a team you can take lightly. Everybody else in the East, it doesn't matter. They suck. Miami got screwed by – who was it that screwed Miami the other night? And, and their whole Atlanta. team sat out. They needed a night to rest. That no, wasn't oh, Atlanta. Oh, Brooklyn, was Brooklyn, was, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Why, why, why do their players need a night off? They're 20-62. and 62. I mean, really, you need a night off. So, so all their team took a night off. And <laughs> – yeah. And uh, okay, <laughs> he, he won twenty games, guys. I know you're you're ready for next year. Take the night off, okay? And and you know what? I'm tired of hearing my fans too because you know you don't leave your season in the hands of other people. That's your problem. That you tied Chicago in the record, right? I mean, that's their problem. That's not anybody's fault. It's Miami's fault for not making the playoffs. That's the way I look at it. Forty-one oh, yeah. and forty-one. You don't deserve to make it anyway. Well, and let's remember that Miami started the year 11-30. and 30. So, I don't know. Maybe if you had won a couple more games in November, you'd be in the playoffs. But instead, you guys decided to start the year like you wanted the number one pick. And, oh, wait, we should probably start winning. Really? Hey, Jonathan, your phone is cutting out. Sorry, I can't barely hear you. It's like you're... Somebody's choking you to death while you're talking. Is somebody choking you to death right now? No, unfortunately not. Vamp for a minute. I'll be right back. Yeah, vamp for a minute. I'll be right back. All right. All right. right. Jonathan will be right back, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, if you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. I believe we have Jason Humphrey on the line. Jason out in Eugene, Oregon. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can do you fine. Can you hear me? No, you're kind of cutting out a little bit. Can you call right back in and I'll get you back on? Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. Either blocked, maybe it's Block Talk Radio is having some problems. I don't know. So when somebody calls back in, we'll find out. Or you know what? It could be my problem. But that was Jason Humphrey. Uh, probably give us his take on the NBA. Loyal fan. Caller of the year a couple years ago. Quinn's listening in right now. Let me bring Jonathan back in and see if we can hear Jonathan better. Jonathan, is that you? Yes, yeah, me. 
All right, we have Jason on the line, Jonathan. Let's see if we can hear Jason. Jason, welcome back. How are you? Thanks for hey, calling. Hey, can me. you guys hear me? Just fine. Yeah. Yeah, you're still yeah. you're still cutting out a little bit. But go ahead. Uh, what I'm, you got on your mind tonight? Not much. Just waiting for the draft. Can't wait to see what the Cowboys do at twenty twenty three, I think. Twentieth pick or whatever. So. Stay right there, Jason. Stay right there. Jonathan, did you hear him okay? Yeah, I was able to hear him. Is your is your phone the See, one that's cutting out? It it could be. That's why I said a minute ago. It's like that's what I'm gonna do is call right back in. So Jonathan, you and Jason have at it real quick and I'm gonna call right back in. All right, buddy. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm interested to see what the Cowboys are doing as well. Uh, obviously, they don't need to draft offensive linemen. They don't need a running back. They don't need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're pretty good at tight end. Um, you know, you could always address defense. Uh, they could always use another receiver uh, next to Des Bryant because Terrence Williams ain't mm-hmm. in. Uh, I mean, it, 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 you know, where, where are you thinking? What do you want the Cowboys? What direction do you want them to go? Are you thinking more secondary? Yeah, secondary and defensive help, why not? I think this draft is really deep defensively. So, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. I think it is a defensive draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, but do you think Dalvin Cook is going to go your boy? Yeah, I mean, you know, for everybody who's listening throughout the year, I love Dalvin. That is uh, Dalvin's yeah. my guy. Um, you know, it's funny because everybody keeps saying, you know, he's sliding down the draft force because he has off the field concerns. And, uh, you know, that, that is what it is. I think it's, it's asinine, uh, to, yeah. to make those claims without any sort of, uh, facts. But, um, at the end of the day, I don't think Dalvin makes it past 19. I could see him mm-hmm. going as high as a 12, uh, to Cleveland. Uh, at the end yeah. of the day, there's a run right there. You have Tampa, you have Indianapolis, you have Baltimore, you have Philadelphia. You know, these are all teams that are interested in getting into the running back market. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I can definitely see Fournette going high in the draft. I love to see Fournette falling because of his injury issues. But he has the same injury issues Adrian Peterson had. Adrian Peterson yeah. went number, what, six overall to Minnesota when nobody thought Minnesota needed a running back. So when they had Chester Taylor, who was carving up big yardage. Um, yeah. So I think Fournette will go top ten. I think McCaffrey um, will wind up at, uh, at any – because Baltimore, I think, is going to stick with what they got. Uh, Washington, I don't think, is going to go grab anybody. Philly has a stable of running backs. So they mm-hmm. – they, they intrigued me. Uh, I could see them going McCaffrey. I could see Indianapolis going McCaffrey or Dalvin. Uh, but I, you know, if Dalvin is there at 19, the Bucks will not pass on him. They yeah, will nah. not pass on Dalvin. Not with, not with Winston from Florida State. Yeah, you uh, never want to uh, anger your quarterback. Yeah. Um. Speaking of quarterbacks, where do you think the first quarterback goes? Uh, I think quarterback could really fall. You know, it's a really good question. Uh, obviously, we have three quarterbacks at the top of the class this year, and um, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, remember, he's Mitchell now, not Mitch, his, his mama says so. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Kaiser. 
I think yeah. Deshaun Kaiser is the least running of any of those guys. I would rather take him in the second round. Uh, mm-hmm. I could easily see him going in the first round. It just depends on how teams feel about guys like Patrick Mahomes and Davis Wed, Webb and Brad Kaya, even though Brad Kaya is terrible. So just know whoever drafts Brad Kaya is drafted as their backup. Uh, at this point, if Cleveland takes Trubisky number one, which there's rumblings of right now, and I think it makes perfect sense for them, as much yeah. as everybody wants to disagree, I think that'd be the right move. I don't know if they will. I think they might succumb to the outside pressure, um, which would mean that the first team that I think uh, I think takes a quarterback. Yeah, Jeff has six. Hey, Jonathan, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Bubba. Can you hear me good? My phone is messing up, like you said. And I can't get a good signal into the studio. Do I sound okay, though? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I could hear you, too. I just want to say, do I sound better? than I, I mean, do I sound good for radio? I don't care if you can hear me. Can you, do I sound okay? What's, uh, what's the noise in the background? Can you hear it, Randy? No, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I'm going to turn it all back in, but I just wanted to let you know I was here. So what are we talking about? Uh, where where's the first quarterback go? I mean, because if it's not Cleveland at number one, um, you know, San Francisco, nobody knows what San Francisco is going to do. You have John Lynch, mm-hmm. who was a great safety for the Buccaneers and the Broncos, and you think he wants to build defenses first, but he hired an offensive coach in Mike Shanahan. Uh, not Mike, his son. Oh. Whatever his son's name is. Um, so he hired little Shanahan. And Little Shanahan, what what Little Shanahan will do? Brent, Brent, I don't care. I, anyways, what he's gonna do is if he likes one of the th- one of the quarterbacks in the draft, they're gonna take him now. They will take him at number two and make him a franchise quarterback. If he doesn't like any of the quarterbacks, they're gonna take a defensive guy. The Bears aren't gonna take a quarterback. Jacksonville is not. Tennessee, no. The Jets, no. Everybody says the Jets are gonna take a quarterback. Stop it. They took Christian Hackenberg early in the second round last year. They have not called it quits on that experiment yet. Everyone's like, well, they didn't play him last year, so they must not trust him. And they drafted him and said he's not playing in 2016. Everybody forgets that. They're not taking a quarterback. Stop it. Number seven, uh, the Chargers. No, Carolina. Well, you know, Carolina does need a quarterback. They, yeah, the they guy did. they have now is not getting it done. <laughs> not getting it done. Um, Cincinnati, no. Buffalo, no. So here we go. Here's the run. If a quarterback does not go number one, he's going to go between 11 and 13. New Orleans, Cleveland, Arizona. New Orleans needs somebody to replace Drew Brees. Cleveland, if they don't take a quarterback at one, is still going to need a quarterback. And and Arizona at 13 needs somebody to replace Carson Palmer. I can see all three of the big-name quarterbacks going there. I can't. I can see it. What do you think, Brian? Why is nobody talking about Deshaun Watson as the best quarterback in this draft? I I don't understand. I mean, the guy put Clemson on the map. Yep. I mean, they played in two straight championship games, for God's sake. They beat Alabama in NFL defense. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why you're trying to look at – where's the guy from? NC State or 
where is he from in the ACC again? Uh, he's, North, he's from North Carolina. Okay, yeah, that's right, North Carolina. I meant. Then you're talking about another guy that that hasn't really proven anything, and you've got a Watson kid here that mm-hmm. that played bigger than Cam Newton has. And and yeah. Carolina does have a great quarterback, by the way. Just you know, <laughs> your, your confidence gets gets shot to hell sometimes. You got to it's part of development, but. The oh, most oh, make a joke, Brian. I love Cam. You know that. You know, you know, you know the most mentally tough quarterback that I can see out there that's been through it all is Watson. So I don't get if you're Cleveland, you either trade away that pick or you take Deshaun Watson. I don't care who's on the board. Uh, I don't care what you do. He's the best quarterback now. He doesn't. I don't think he needs a lot of time to develop. I don't think. I think his upside's good. I mean, will he be a hit? I don't know, but he's better than those other douchebags they keep talking about. I mean, really. Why why do people ignore uh, Watson, Jonathan? Well, you know, so Kaiser gets low because he has arm talent, right? That's it. He has arm talent. I mean, he can move, but nobody cares. What is Russell? What is Russell? Right, right. So Deshaun Kaiser is going to be somebody you draft and stash for a year or two before he's going to play. It's going to be a Carson Palmer, Hackenberg situation. Um, the problem with Watson was all the interceptions last year. And, and, and here's my thing on that. A, Jameis Winston threw a boatload of interceptions his last year at Florida State. He's looking pretty darn good right about now. B, Andrew Luck is throwing an inordinate amount of interceptions right now. And everybody seems to think that he's, like, the next great quarterback that's going to play football. Everybody loves Andrew Luck. And he has the most turnovers and, and, and since he's been in the NFL. He's had more turnovers than anybody else. Anybody else. People love him, though. Nobody cares that Andrew Luck turns the ball over. Why? Because Andrew Luck has to put the whole team on his back. The way the offense and Clemson was built, and the, when Goldman dealt with those injuries, Watson had to carry Clemson's offense. You make mistakes. You turn the ball over. They still won the national championship. They would not have won the national championship last year if they had an average quarterback. They would not have won the national championship last year with Deshaun Kaiser maybe Mitch Trubisky, and that's a weak maybe. And only because Mitch Trubisky, let's remember, when he came out of high school, four-star kid, uh, you know, he went, he took, he picked North Carolina over Alabama, which was genius. Nobody talks about it, but that was genius because everybody's transferring from Alabama, right? So he picked North Carolina, yep. four-star kid, number seven quarterback in his class. He only got one year in, and he played good. I love Trubisky. I really do. I love watching him play. I, we just haven't seen a lot of him. I think he throws a pretty ball, puts a lot of touch on it. I think at times he can get flustered. Deshaun Watson doesn't get flustered. He has seen it all at this point. I mean, he started two and a half years. Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback in this draft. If I need somebody to stabilize my franchise, Deshaun Watson's the pick. But Cleveland seems like Mitch Trubisky. Okay, I think it would be better for Watson not to go to Cleveland. I do. I think I think he would be better off going to New Orleans, where that offense with Sean Payton suits his skill set better. I believe wholeheartedly yeah. that Deshaun Watson would be a great draft pick by the New Orleans Saints. And you don't have to throw it into the fire all of a sudden if you don't have to, Jason. Hey, hey, yeah, a really great point. If you, 
could a certain quarterback, you might as well do that. Um, two things before I leave. One's a statement, one's a question. Um, the statement is Trubisky for me. He's a good quarterback, but I'm not going to race the first round pick when he's only had 14 or 15 starts. And two, are you guys having a draft night um, special next Thursday or two weeks from Thursday? When, when is the draft? Are you talking about the NBA draft or the uh, NFL no, draft? NFL. NFL. NFL is what, two weeks from now? Yeah, two weeks. I'm joking. Well, of That's course we're going to have a draft me. show, Jason. They did me too. Me, and, and you know, and you know what? You know what? You can look at the Owls on the ESPN. Jonathan and I, you and whoever joins us, we're more accurate yeah. than they are. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, we are. every year, we'll all you got to do is go to the archives. Go to the archives and listen. Mm-hmm. What what did Jonathan and I and I can't remember you, Jason, but what did we say about who we thought the best quarterback in the draft last year was going to be? Do you think it was Dak Prescott? We said, yeah, Prescott, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But call us, call us, Mel Kiper, call call Jonathan, Brown, and Jason, and we'll set you up. But Jason, thanks for joining yeah. us, buddy. We'll see you. We'll see you soon. But um, I just look at the intangibles, Jonathan. Too, you know, these NFL guys are so into. I need you to be six six. I need your hands to be this. I need your arm to be this. Look, you can't put a you can't measure heart. You can't measure leadership except in one category, and that's national champions and playing in two playoffs and national championship games in a row. And you're right, Clemson wouldn't have won a championship without this guy. You can't come back on the Alabama and beat them without a dynamic quarterback. You can't. See, Florida State has one this year. We're going to get a chance to see them, right? We're going to get to see. They can beat Alabama. If they had Sean White at quarterback, they couldn't. But they have a good quarterback. And and, uh, and that's one thing I want to talk about right now is I watched uh, the spring game. I don't know if you got a chance to watch Jared Stidham or not against in I saw Auburn highlights. last weekend in his debut. What did you think? Uh, well, the fact that every one of his throws is on the highlights tells me they didn't have any low lights. I mean, I, I've been telling you, I love this Stidham kid. You know, people are like, is he really that good? Did nobody see him his yes. freshman year at Baylor? Like, are, are we just assuming that this guy just magically lost a year of eligibility? Are we that dumb? I mean, Auburn fans that were questioning this and are like, well, what is he re-? – you're like, just relax. What have you done with your last two transfer quarterbacks? You won a national title and played for another one. Relax. Gus knows what he's doing with other people's stuff. <laughs> and he, he grabbed a he great does. one here. I think Stidham is phenomenal. I think he's going he's gonna to take this offense to a level that Auburn fans can only dream of because he's a better passer than Cam. He's a much better passer than Cam. He's a better passer than Nick Marshall. And he's mobile enough. He's not Cam or Nick running-wise, but he can scoot. I think Stidham's phenomenal. Yeah. I think he is. What a what a pickup by you guys. That's a that was a great fighting. What have I always said about Sean White, Jonathan? What have I always said? And I've never I've never really swayed from this, have I? I mean, Auburn will never win the SEC with him a quarterback, right? Yeah. I've said that. I hate I've saying that because I love Stidham. Sean. Yeah, I do too, but look. Stidham is one of those quarterbacks that, you know, the SEC is not used to having these 
Big 12 slash Pac-12 no. studs in there throwing the ball as much. They're not. And that's what's going to throw people off a little bit when they see this guy. He's got a rocket arm. And one thing, you look at Cam. Cam, if his first option wasn't open, he was going to run. You know, and Nick Marshall, same thing. This guy can check it down three, four, maybe even the fifth option that I've seen and actually make the play. He's got the awareness in the pocket to know when it's collapsing, to know. And it's easier in the spring game, too. People say it's a spring game. He's not going to get hit. Yeah, I get that. But what about the year when he's a freshman at Baylor and he played all those big games and just moved it right up the field? Yes, it's the Big 12 defense, but that was a freshman in a huge role. I mean, just put him there and he succeeded. But I really like this guy, I'm telling you. And, it, and I know it was a spring game, but we have we had one play, passing play, over 40 yards last year at Johnson. Stidham had like four in that spring game, and two of them were dropped. So mm-hmm. it had been six. I mean, this guy can freaking throw the ball with accuracy. I mean, Cam Newton can't even compare to this guy when it comes to accuracy I mean, maybe arm strength, yeah, but it doesn't matter if you have a strong arm, Jonathan, if you can't hit your guy in stride. And this guy can hit him in stride every time, <laughs> I swear. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously I love what I saw from Stidham because I've been, you know, I, I've been on the stump for him. Um, you know, when I was I – lo- I love DeAndre. I do. I really do. But – I'd rather have Stidham. I, I I know Florida State fans are going to yell at me, whatever. He plays so hard, and he's got toughness. Yeah, and his completion percentage against teams with uh, that were ranked was what, 40? Like, DeAndre <laughs> Francois is a quarterback who is an inconsistent passer. His, his completion percentage is not national championship caliber. To win a national championship, the last 10 quarterbacks to win a national title, I think it is, their completion percentage against ranked teams, not even overall, against ranked teams was over 60%. 60. DeAndre was at 40. Look, I love the, the Hardy shows. I do. Okay, and I get it. He was a registered freshman last year. That's fine. But he's inaccurate. He is. I mean, you know, I would rather have still. And, you know, and what I'm looking at now is Marie Henry off the field. Hadn't gotten himself in trouble, yeah. and he kept himself straight and narrow. He might be the starting quarterback at Florida State. He might be. And we're looking at this Bailey Hockman kid we just pulled out of South Georgia, and it's like, you know, if we got to, we might have to burn a shirt on a kid. And I hate saying that, but, you know, DeAndre reminds me of Sean McGuire, and he reminds me of Sean White, in which you love him because they play hard. They fight through injuries. I mean, Sean White played with a broken arm, what, twice? Sean McGuire played with a broken ankle. DeAndre got knocked out at how many games last year to come right back in? Like, I love what these guys show, and they'll die for their school and for their team, but you're not going to win a championship with them. It's a fact of life. Jared Stidham can bring a national title. Sean White couldn't deliver an SEC West title. Uh, and I'll tell you this about the defense for Auburn too is very underrated and overlooked. I don't know if Man, you've forget about the it, defense. Tell me about your receivers. Yeah, 
I mean, I think Auburn's got a lot of talent. We all know the defense is good. How did Nate Craig Myers and them look, Brian? Tell me if your receivers drew up. I think I think they have, yeah. And I think this comes with having a general on the field that the receivers know. And you've got to understand as a receiver, these guys go out there for Auburn for the most part. Seven out of ten times they're going out there blocking last year in the year. You don't get really developed much when you never get the ball thrown to you. I mean, that's the bottom line. But when you go out there and have an air raid like they did an air attack like they did the other day, these receivers are talented, number one. They are developing or else they're not going to catch the ball because it's easy to develop, Jonathan, when you're getting ten balls thrown at you and you never know when it's coming at you. You always have to be alert. It's kind of like having Magic Johnson on the basketball court. He'll throw behind his back and hit you between the eyes if you're not alert. Um, mm-hmm. Stidham has that effect on these receivers, Jonathan. Yeah, they dropped a couple of balls, but there's some guys that really stepped up and will step up because they're getting the ball thrown to them more. And that's, I mean, if you're a receiver, do you want to know you can score on any play, or do you, or you get fired up to go block? I mean, which one do you think would you rather do as an elite receiver? I mean, you want to catch the ball and get to the house. Yep. You know that. And that's what why. You and it, and it, it's going to take some time. I think that's a good thing. He came early where we had the summer, too, to work out in the fall. These receivers, don't be surprised if you see some names. McLean, some of these guys step up that you have never heard of and be household names because of Stidham. Auburn has not had a quarterback like this ever that I can remember, ever. And I'm, I know we've had Cam Newton and Nick Marshall, Stan White, some of these guys. I don't remember a quarterback that's this good and this accurate and this dangerous. I mean, will he do great? We'll have to see. But they have a chance to win with this guy. I think he makes everybody on the field better, everybody. Is he your best passer since Jason Campbell? Like, th- you know, pure throwing, not not the legs and everything, just throwing the ball down the field, you know, hitting his target. Is he the best one y'all have had since Campbell? By far. There's nobody. I mean, he's, he puts Campbell in the dirt. And, and you know what's interesting? You said Jason Campbell. His offensive coordinator, Al Borges at the time, just signed on to be an analyst at Auburn, which is very interesting. He's very good with quarterbacks. And he's very good at, at helping design offenses around some of these defenses. And and, I, and I'm not saying that Stidham's the best thing since last spread, but you're talking about the best defense Auburn's probably had in the last 20 years right here, 25 years, coming right now. They've got mm-hmm. the talent, the most talented defense. They've got the best kicker in football. They've got a great running back core. they got four or five deep. They've got a good backup quarterback. They've got several. The offensive line looks good. They've got a fullback. Jonathan, if they can't win it this year, I don't know when they can unless it's next year with Stidham. But if he wins it, he's gone. He's a one and done. The NFL experts have already projected him to go out next year in the first round. That's how good he is. And I'm excited. Campbell was a first-rounder, wasn't he? Jason Campbell went to the, the Redskins in the first round, right? Yes. Yep, yeah, he is a uh, – Jason Campbell is a um, – he was first round. I think it was number 17. Are you sure Stidham can leave after? Because he yeah, didn't play football a, last year. He's a redshirt sophomore. But all you have to be is three years away okay. from high school. 
Oh, oh, that's right. So I hope he stays. I want him to. I want three years with him. That's what I want. But if we have three years with him, it probably doesn't mean great things. If we have two years with him, we're probably going to have a championship. Or if we have one year with him, you know we want a championship or did good. But you look at Auburn and what one thing last year they just couldn't get over the hump was the court throwing. You watch Georgia and Auburn when Sean White got hurt and they put John Franklin the third in. There was no threat of a passing game, right? Or even when White was still in there, they locked in and stopped the run. They knew that nobody could complete a pass. The same thing with Oklahoma, really. The same thing with Alabama. You put these guys in there now, like even the Clemson A&M game, you put Stidham in last year's team, we're we're probably running the table or a one-loss team in the playoff. That's how – that's the difference. You look at the A&M game, we lost by – um, really, it was two. It says two scores, but it was a one-score game until all hell broke loose right there at the end. We couldn't get first downs. We had six opportunities starting the third quarter, and we couldn't even get starting at the fifty, and we couldn't even score a point. Would have won that game. Would have won the Clemson game. We would have won. Uh, would have won the Georgia game for sure. I think Alabama would have been a toss-up, but I think Auburn could have won it. Jonathan, now you put Stidham on this team with all the experience. The people on defense a lot more talented. I just think the schedule lines up better with Georgia and Auburn or Alabama at home. LSU's earlier in the season kind of on the road. I think we can get that one. Clemson on the road early. That's a good time to get them if you're going to get them. Uh, I just think the schedule is tough, but it's favorable for Auburn to make a, a title run. And you couldn't say that if Sean White was coming back and that's all you had, right? You couldn't say that. And I like the freshman that – that played for Auburn the other day, but he's a freshman. You need to redshirt him and let Sean White be your backup. You don't want to burn a, a year of eligibility on a quarterback that's never going to play, right? Uh, I, I agree. I do think Sean White should be your backup. And if Sean, if Sean thinks he can make the pros, he should transfer. If Sean understands the nature of the animal, stay at Auburn and be the backup. Uh, from what I heard, Woody Barrett's probably never going to play for uh, Auburn, which intrigues nope. me. Um, he won't. I, I, remember, I, remember I said that last year? From what I heard. You said this towards the end of the Woody year, Barrett yeah. Would, Woody Barrett would never play a down. He looked terrible the other day. God, he looked bad. Ugh. I look better as a quarterback than he would right now. If I went outside right now, <laughs> They're in the backyard. You'd say, Brian, sign him up. But I'm going to tell you something, and I haven't seen this in a long time. The offensive coordinator for Auburn is going to be the wild card. He's going to wreak havoc in the SEC this year. And and it takes a little while to get used to a coordinator. You know, good things, flash in the pans come. The guy is consistent in what he does. He is a 50-50 type of, of coordinator running and passing, but he throws the ball. He can throw it a hundred times a game if you want to, or you can mix it up. And Jonathan, with a fourth-string quarterback, the guy can pull out a win or make it close. So you give him Stidham and that arsenal of talent. You know, Auburn has had top-ten recruiting classes every year Malzahn's been there. So there's talent in Auburn, right? I mean, you see it. I see it. Yeah. There's a lot of talent there. Very much so. Uh, Weapons, 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 baby. I mean, it's all going to be how does Stidham uh, progress throughout the summer and his understanding of the playbook, which I'm not really worried about. I mean, 
This guy got the Bama playbook down pretty pat. Um, you know, how do the receivers develop? How's the offensive line going to play? Uh, can the defense keep their edge, which I think they can? Can the running backs keep producing? I think they can. No, you got to worry about a Stidham. You know, I always worry about offensive line. I don't care how well I know them, you know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, I think Auburn's in for a good season. If you have a quarterback as good as Stidham, I have to believe that if he's healthy over 12 games, you're going to win at least 10. That's the key. You're right. I mean, you got to look at health and you got to look at the offensive line. Those are two things you can't predict, Jonathan. You you can have the best offensive line on paper. That doesn't mean it's going to translate on the field. That's a great point. And, that you know, that's the one thing that always worries me is offensive line, injury, anything like that can screw everything up or an injury to a quarterback. Somebody roll up on his ankle. But it should be fun. It should be fun to see what's going to happen. We'll get into our college football talk not too long from now. I mean, before long, Jonathan, we're going to be in the summer and we're going to be getting ready for fall camp. I mean, it's it's not too far away. I mean, I, my, my baby's three months old now, and it's just flown by, and it's just going to keep flying by. I think. So three months from now, we got May, June, July. We're in the we're in the middle of July in three months. All of a sudden, that's I'm smelling football at that time. In July, I'm smelling it. When, when do you start really craving football and knowing it's close? When do you look at it like that? Luckily, baseball, like hockey, hockey and basketball playoffs, mainly hockey playoffs, can take my attention away from anything until, you know, it ends. And then once it ends, then it's just baseball, right? And I'll get through it in a couple weeks of baseball. It's probably 4th of July. After the 4th of July, I have that moment of, football, where are you? And do you miss me as much as I miss you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually it starts, you know, the, we do radio. We start breaking down these teams. That's what yep. gets me excited. When, we, when you know Brian and Jonathan are starting to talk college football, break down the teams, you know it's close. I mean, it's it's getting close, and I'm excited about it. I really am. I'm excited that college football is coming. I wish time would slow down a little bit, too. But if, if anything, yeah. you, you you look at Auburn this year, though, mm-hmm. this, there's no excuses anymore. If, if Malzahn doesn't win 10 games this year, or if he goes 9-3 and three and beats Georgia or Alabama, he may keep his job another year. I just think it would be stupid to fire Gus Malzahn right now after – what he's been able to recruit, what he's been able to do, who he's been able to hire. I think there's more to coaching than wins and losses. Some years you're going to you're going to have some wins, but some some years you're going to have injuries, you're going to have a bad quarterback play, you're going to look terrible as a coach, but all I can tell you as an Auburn fan is we played in two national championships in my lifetime and both of them involved Gus Malzahn. So it's it's kind of hard for me to throw him under the bus right now or or something because he's a he's a good coach I think and he's maturing as a head coach he's let the quarterbacks work with mm-hmm. other coaches now and whoa what was that mm-hmm. but he's, he's letting he's letting his quarterbacks work more with you know other quarterback coaches and gurus to try to help him so his ego is going down a little bit and he's starting to care more about keeping his job rather than his ego so I think All a right. nine and three season with a win over Alabama and Georgia will keep his job. Anything less 
Say if he goes nine and three and he loses to Alabama and Georgia, he's gone. Well, is that right? Should he? No, I don't think so. But we'll we'll see. Jonathan, anything you want to hit on before we go? We're going to do a show Sunday evening. So, uh, anything you want to touch on before we get out of here? Um, hey, I I love your first two games this year. I, I love that. I love I, you know me. I'm a sucker for Georgia Southern, and then you're at Clemson. Like yeah. that's that, that's fantastic. But the fact that you guys have that three games and four weeks where you're on the road and it's bookended by Georgia and the Mississippis. I mean, the SEC did you no favors. Uh, but um, it's the NHL playoffs, so you know where my attention is going to be right now. Uh, if you've ever wanted to see hockey, if you've never gotten to a hockey and you're like, is hockey worth it? Turn on a playoff game and you'll realize rather quickly, this is actually kind of fun. No, there's no fighting in the playoffs. They, they don't fight. The five minutes in the penalty box is, is not worth the not being on the ice and, and you know, and important games. Uh, NBA playoffs have started. I don't know about you, but I probably will only watch through uh, the score tracker. I'm probably not going to keep my eye on them too hard. Uh, baseball is up and going. It's an interesting season as is, but uh, it's April, so I'll start caring when everything else kind of dies down. Uh, I graduate from the school I'm at right now in three weeks with my AA, so it's all finals from here out. So if I ever seem a little spaced out, just assume that my ethics professor was being annoying that day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to getting back into the, the, the radio talk. Man, work's been killer, too. It's just been crazy with a baby and a crazy job right now going on. I love my job, don't get me wrong, but it's it's very difficult sometimes to, to work, you know. Of course. It's, it's tough. That's why, that's why they call it work. It's not playtime. It's, uh, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. And I see Quinn's on the line, but he didn't come on. So, Quinn, make sure you call in. We'll talk about your Notre Dame Irish, how they looked in their spring game. But I, I noticed your post was welcome to the 4-8. and eight. He was at Florida, Notre Dame, and who else? Oregon? Florida, Notre Dame, and Oregon are all part of the 4 and 8 club. Um, we call April 8th 4 and 8 day. And 4 and 8 days this year, the honorary celebration, we called it Notre Dame Day. Uh, but in years prior, it had been Florida Day. So I think from now on, we'll call it, um, we'll, we'll, we'll call it like Fond Day, as in Florida, Oregon, Notre Dame, F-O-N-D, Fond Day, uh, because you guys went 4-8, and eight, and Florida State hasn't missed a, a bowl game since, what, 79? So all y'all can suck it. That's pretty impressive. Well, Jonathan, everybody, thank you for joining us tonight. As always, Jonathan, I know it was short notice, but I appreciate you joining me, everybody. Uh, we'll be back in the groove pretty soon. Just bear with us. We're going to try to get on a schedule where we can actually rock and roll more often. It may be a little later at night like it is instead of 6 or so because little baby's got to get his bath and stuff at 6, 6.30. So we have to get him fed. Now, now he's sleeping through the night, thank God. Yes. Uh, oof. That's rough. 12 weeks with no sleep, try it. Or don't try it. I, I suggest you don't try it. <laughs> it's very tough Hey I finally feel like what it's like to feel stupid Like what stupid people go through Like having okay. to exist in a world that Where you're getting three or four hours sleep mm-hmm. a day And working like a 
like a crazy man. That's that's how stupid people feel. <laughs> just imagine. At what at what point during that twelve week stretch did you regret your son and then get mad at yourself for regretting your son? Uh, One of yeah, those probably you didn't you know it. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's just that's just human nature, though. People lie and say, "Oh, there's not a day." Well, there's a moment where you're like, "Oh my God, what happened?" You know, and that's normal, right? So. Oh yeah, anyway. I mean, babies are tough. They are. If you're not used yeah, to having something that literally depends on you to live, it does. An infant depends on you to live, and you're not used to that. That it's a culture shock, and there's that moment of what did I get myself into, and you're like, yeah, but I trade about anything for this guy to keep being happy. So, yeah, and then he smiles at you, and it's like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> With so, his mohawk. Yeah, it was a mohawk. He just smiles at you. So now he's alert, and every time I come home, he just starts grinning and smiling and laughing, and then he's just like, okay, I'm gonna scream now that I get a bottle. So. <laughs> have to make sure to have a bo- have a bottle near. But anyway, I appreciate you, bud. I've got to get out here, but uh, take care, everybody. We'll see you Sunday night. It'll probably be about eight o'clock, Jonathan. Sunday night. Hey, right, sounds good, Bubba. It was good talking to you. Everybody have a great night. All right. Yeah, you too. Good night.